This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. This is North Turner, the current coach of the San Diego Chargers, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast with Joe and Matt. Sort of break it, break it down like good. Boom! Welcome to episode 74 of THN, where this week we are recapping all the news coming out of the 2012 San Diego Comic-Con and reading your answers to the question of the week that we posted yesterday on Facebook and Twitter. My name is Matt Baum, and when I'm not fighting the urge to write jokes about dead Twilight fans into this week's script, too soon. I am writing about and appraising comicsawardpoint.com. I'm too praising soon. myself for not writing those jokes. And I'm Joe Patrick, and when I'm not prepping my chest for a Mark Wade portrait tattoo, after all the big Wade news coming out of Comic-Con, I'm the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, due to the massive amount of Comic-Con news, we probably aren't going to have time for much else, but... If you're lucky, and I can keep DJ from giving a full dissertation on each story, we might have time to review 10 of this past Wednesday's new comics. So fast, Robert Downey Jr. circa 1995 at his most coked up would not be able to keep up with us during the ludicrous speed round. But before we get to lamenting the fact that we sat in front of our stupid computers at home, watching the news roll in all weekend rather than hobnobbing with Carl Urban and Anna Paquin, who we'll be having sex with later on in this show in the perfect 75-degree paradise that is San Diego. Let's take a second to warn Gareth Edwards, director of the upcoming Godzilla reboot, if you put Matthew Broderick in this one, I'm coming for your f***ing kids. And then we'll talk about the Comic-Con News! As always, there was a flood of news and information from Comic-Con, and I have got it all divvied up. By company and publisher. So we're going to start with the independents. Beginning with Dynamite Entertainment, the company announced a new series called Masks, which will feature the company's first crossover between all of the pulp characters they've been publishing, like Green Hornet, the Spider, the Shadow, and somehow, Zorro. (laughs) The series will be written by Chris Roberson with full painted art, at least in the first issue, by Alex Ross. Uh, This will be Ross's first interior work since DC's Justice, first issue of Masks, comes in November. No, the rumor is Ross is doing the whole damn thing. That's what they were saying. And I don't think this team-up is even as closely as weird as the one featuring Red Sonia, Vampirella, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) The other weird thing Dynamite has going on. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Also from Dynamite, the return of Evil Ernie in October. Is this a weird place for Evil Ernie? Kind of. Like, uh, maybe I would have expected it from Avatar. Something? Uh, But apparently, To be fair, Avatar didn't pick up any other Chaos stuff, and I think maybe their horror is slightly higher brow (laughs) than Chaos comic. Well, they're doing the Lady Death comic, but that's actually written by Brian Polito. And it's Boundless, his own... Right. company or whatever but apparently dynamite picked up a lot of the chaos properties in 2010 <laughs> dynamite dynamite. <laughs> dynamite back on track the evil ernie revival will be written by somebody named jesse blaze snyder blaze who apparently has written other things I, <laughs> I think he did something on deadpool yeah i think that's right i don't know man with art by jason craig who drew freddy versus jason versus ash which looked very good it was not a bad looking <laughs> comic book in other indie news Legendary Entertainment, the good people that brought you 300, Watchmen, and The Dark Knight, has a new comic book division called Legendary Entertainment. I don't think it's new. I think they had it. No, it's brand new. This is like 
there was something that was supposed to come out a while ago and it got pushed way back. Oh. So it's happening now. But they're swearing this is they're not just prepping stuff for movies. That's not what they're doing. Oh, good. <laughs> They've got a new graphic novel called Shadow Walk for 2013 by Mark Wade with an original story that Max Brooks, writer of the Zombie Survival Guide and son of, of Mel Brooks. Of Mel Brooks, that's right. And artist Shane Davis of Superman Earth One. The graphic novel will be about the literal valley in the shadow of death and the horrible things that happen there and the people that visit it. They flesh this out a little more. It's hell. It's full on hell. No, they were saying like there's a port, there's like a doorway to hell there and right. terrible things are spilling out into right. it. Right. So uh, Max Brooks came up with the idea of the place. Mark Wade fleshed out the story. Shane Davis, here's your art. And boom. New graphic novel. Hooray. Could be fun. And, you know, maybe Legendary can take this stuff a little more seriously than, say, Warner Brothers does with their DC <laughs> comics. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Moving over to Avatar, there will be a new Night of the Living Dead ongoing series by David Lapham starting in October. And they I barely keep, care. They keep cranking those out. Barely care. But also from Avatar, Fashion Beast. Yeah. Which is a story adapted from a 200-page movie script that Alan Moore wrote in 1985. To be fair, it was at the height of his powers. True. That's true. This is described as Beauty and the Beast in a dystopian future when fashion and music will be the only pop culture escape available. Sort of like rock and rule. I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Avatar says that uh, Fashion Beast is coming in the fall. To the delight of bronies everywhere, or as I like to call them, perverts, IDW <laughs> announced a new My Little Pony Friendship is Magic series coming in November by Katie Cook and Andy Price. You furries make me sick. <laughs> All right. And Joe Hill announced that while the upcoming Omega series will be the end of the current lock and key epic, it isn't. And he wrote that in all caps. Isn't. I wrote it in all the caps. The end of the series. Look for Lock and Key, The Golden Age, which so. will be the seventh volume in the long-running series that I have never read. You are a terrible I've person. I've got to read these. You call Damn yourself it. a comic fan. Moving on to Dark Horse, January will bring a new Star Wars ongoing series set right after A New Hope, written by Brian Wood. Who's just not going to rest until he's writing 15 books a I month. I know. The art will be by THN favorite... Carlos Danda, Danda with covers by Alex Ross. Whoa! Star Wars covers by Alex Ross at Whoa. Dark Horse? <laughs> that is crazy. Wood will be filling in the gap of the three-year span between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back with a cast of characters that knows less than the readers. What does that mean? Luke and Leia don't know that they're related oh. or their connection to Darth Vader. Luke is just barely beginning to understand the Force. Han is still kind of a jerk, etc., etc. So this is after Luke kissed Leia, didn't know if he was his sister. <laughs> Maybe they do it. Oh, God, what if they do it? Ooh. Eric Powell announced that there will be a Kickstarter campaign to help fund the long-delayed Goon animated film, which at one point had David Fincher's name David Fincher is a producer. I find that hard to believe they don't have the cash for that. Nobody, like, he David keeps, Fincher is the producer. He keeps shopping, shopping it around to different... Studios, but the thing is, it's an animated film. Screw the film. Let's put it on like Adult Swim, man. Let's just do it. Well, all they have right now is like the, that test footage, that 30 second test clip. I get it. I'm just saying, let's make it a series. Retool it, series, boom. I'm in. I want this thing to get made so bad. I do too. Tim Seeley will be working on a new series called Ex Sanguine. Who also has like 10 books running it's right true. now. Editor Scott Alley described Ex Sanguine as Buffy and Angel. If they were characters in Natural Born Killers. So, as only Tim Seeley could do it. I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> There's a new horror series called Colder by Paul Tobin and Juan 
Ferreira? Ferreira. <laughs> about a man Ferreira. whose body temperature won't stop dropping. Tobin said... I don't know what's scary about that. That uh, sounds scary to me. I mean, I don't know. Tobin said that both his and Ferreira's wives were so freaked out by the cover of the first issue, they had to leave the room. What is well, this, is, well, this is notable because... Paul Tobin is known pretty much exclusively for writing all ages books for Marvel. And he said, like, all of his horror inspiration comes from Korean horror films. Oh, boy. So it's not like slasher and gore. Oh it's just, boy. like, the worst kind of scare. Yeah, like mind-numbing horror. Right. <laughs> Surprisingly, Image Comics seems to have had the most announcements for new books, starting with a new series from Robert Kirkman's Skybound imprint. So many new books that I forgot where I was halfway through writing this section, <laughs> and I missed a bunch. Starting with a new series from Robert Kirkman's Skybound imprint, Clone, written by The Event executive producer David Schulner, with art by Juan Jose Rip. You may remember The Event as that NBC show that nobody watched. Oh, and went nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. <laughs> I hated it. It follows a man with multiple copies of himself that are messing with his life. Sound like anything else? Peter David's X Factor, including kidnapping his wife. He totally murfed it, The dude. tagline here is... I was murdered today, but I won't let it happen again. <laughs> I love it. It sounds great. <laughs> Woo! Uh, you know, it could be fun. I don't know. I mean, maybe Schulner just got stuck behind a crappy TV show. That I mean, it was at that I time bet that he thought it was good. Well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. It was at that time where Lost just ended, and everyone was like, "All right, we want to have the next Lost meets Fringe show." <laughs> you know? <laughs> so who knows? This could be fun. I if Kirkman is getting behind it. Everything else that's been coming out of Skybound is great. I have a feeling this will be fun, too. And now this will be the only the second series, if I'm recalling correctly, don't write us about it. The only the second series from Skybound not written by Kirkman, the first one being uh, Witch Doctor. Yeah. I mean, I guess Thief of Thieves is written by a bunch of people, but yeah. Well, I mean, technically it's Kirkman's idea, but... Uh, Juan Jose Rip. Avatar guy, primarily. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski plans to relaunch his Joe's Comics imprint at Image in the spring of 2013. Is he going to finish them? Joe's Comics <laughs> Joe's Comics originally ran from 2000 to 2004 and brought us books like Rising Stars and Midnight Nation. Both were great. To be fair, the reason he didn't finish him wasn't because he's slow. It's because Top Cow was screwing him around. It's because he didn't care. <laughs> Jeez. The first four books from the relaunched imprint will be called Falling Angel, Ten Grand, Guardians and Sidekick, and there was no other information other than titles. Should they call it "Not That Falling Angel"? Maybe for the title. Not that was Fallen Angel. <laughs> oh, pardon me, that was Fallen Angel. Also, a new book coming from Glenn Brunswick and Wils Portacio, "Non-Humans," about a world where toys come to life. Who is Glenn Brunswick? Heir apparent to the Brunswick Bowling fortune. He wrote Jersey Gods for Image. And some other books? Well, if anybody can make uh, toys coming to life look absolutely terrifying and like they're having a seizure, it's Will's Portacio. I hope it's, I hope it's different from like Stuff of Legend, which is so good. It, it is. It's great. I love that book. And I hope it's not Will's Portacio as he or was drawing the Hulk. It was just so spastic and insane. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Gary Whitta, who is a screenwriter, primarily a video game guy as well, he wrote the Book of Eli. I loved the Book of Eli. That's a great movie. He's also a Lego enthusiast. Lego enthusiast, according, according to, to Wikipedia. Wikipedia page. <laughs> And artist Derek Robertson will launch Oliver. I love Derek Robertson. I do too. 
a uh, sci-fi series inspired by Oliver Twist. Whoa! <laughs> set in a futuristic world in which the government created a legion of clones to fight a war that has since ended. What, have you ever heard of anything like that? This was just like Oliver <laughs> Twist. Oh, and Star Wars. Given second-class citizen status, the clones now live in their own sectors separate from regular humans. That is until a young man named Oliver, who happens to be a half-human, half-clone hybrid with special abilities, decides to find himself. Are they going to sing? Oliver, Oliver. You know, I mean, like, are they going to go for it? Please, sir. So your main takeaway from this series is <laughs> after the first half of the description, it sounds like Star Wars? No, I mean, just, you know, the Clone Wars and stuff and Oliver in space. I don't know. This Listen, could be George fun. Lucas doesn't have a, the trademark on clones, okay? No, I wish somebody else did so they wouldn't have been in my damn Star Wars. This sounds like fun, though. I mean, I love the Book of Eli. Oh, this yeah. guy's obviously super talented, and I'm hoping he does more movies soon, too. It sounds really good. Derek I, Robertson. I love Derek Robertson. I do, too. And he hasn't been doing much at all lately. He took a hiatus from the boys to do something, and I don't remember exactly what. Oh, he's doing a book with Grant Morrison. That's not out yet. Oh. I think that I was hear about that. announced at last year's Comic-Con and still right. has not been released. Joe Casey has two new books coming. The Bounce, a superhero story with art by David Messina, who I really like, who's doing all the Star Trek comics at IDW. Yeah, David Messina. Good stuff. Good guy. And Sex, <laughs> with art by Piotr Kowalski. Piotr. No other details were available other than the fact that Casey is taking a lot of drugs to write these books. But that's not new news. Casey's no, been not. taking a lot of drugs these to write books. See Butcher Baker, These for are different, example. different drugs. And I'm glad that he's fighting sex. That is an awesome the, title. Uh, right before, right before Comic-Con, a teaser hit the net that it would just text that said, Image Comics wants you to buy sex 2012. <laughs> there is a new creator-owned series coming from James Robinson called The Saviors with art by Jay Bone, who uh, collaborated with him on The Shade, on the Darwin Cook issue of The Shade. Oh, Jay Bone, he's also got like a real cartoony kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's yeah. very Darwin Cookish. He, I like he works him. with Darwin Cook a lot. I like him a lot. Uh, Robinson describes The Saviors as an invasion horror comic Focusing on a lone slacker that has to save the Earth before the aliens take over. Weird. Like yeah. Falling Skies if Noah Wiley smoked a ton of weed. <laughs> right. I'm into it. Right. Writer Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios are teaming up for a Western featuring an assassin competing for a prize she doesn't necessarily want in a book called Pretty Deadly. Play on words. Because she's cute. But she's got a skull painted on her face. She's cute but deadly. She's cute but deadly. Pretty deadly. And writer Chris Roberson is back on his feet and working again after his dramatic exit from DC Comics. He was never off of his feet. I'm just saying. He's, he's got another job. It's good that that guy's really making it. I'm a... glad he landed on his feet. All right. Roberson and artist Paul Mayberry, who worked on a, it was like a, not quite a graphic novel, but a thicker book called Aqualung, spelled L-E-U-N-G for image. Wild and crazy art. I really liked it. They're working on a new book called Rain which they really didn't tell us much about. But if it's got this artist on it, I'm in. It's going to be crazy. Howard Chaikin and Matt Fraction are teaming up for a book called Satellite Sam. Weird. It's the story of a children's TV host who was found dead in a somewhat compromising position, says Fraction. One of the things that's found is a box of photographs of every woman Satellite Sam has ever spent time with <laughs> and out of Those that are air quotes by yes. the way we're not <laughs> this is they not know, a video podcast and out of that box are clues to who he was and ultimately who killed him sounds like crazy it sounds like captain kangaroo if he was a slut yeah like captain kangaroo meets uh kane from kung fu who hung himself doing something <laughs> horrible <laughs> yeah. 
arguably the biggest announcement from Image is Lazarus, a new book by Greg Rucka with artist Michael Lark, his collaborator on Gotham Central. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. According to Rucka, the book will be out in spring 2013. Quote, the logline is Godfather meets Children of Men. Whoa. And that should be confusing. That's some heavy shit, says Rucka. <laughs> it's hard sci-fi in a near-distant future. Our main character gets hurt a lot. Time out. Keeps coming at you. What's a near-distant future? I don't know. <laughs> that is like in a close, far away future. <laughs> right. What does that mean? That's really what it says? A near distant future. What the hell? Look, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be wackadoo. There were a lot of image books, like so many that there are even a few more peppered in that didn't have a lot of details. We're not really going to mention. Everybody that much. wants to work for image. But their image just. I like they had one panel and they blew the doors off the joint. Yeah, man, they're doing a. Everybody wants to work for oh, Image. They're I doing w- a great job. I want a new comic book by Greg Rucka so bad. I do too. Love him. Love his Punisher too. Everybody should be reading it. It's too bad that they're not. Sales on Punisher are bad. It's such a great book. People are tired of the Punisher. It's so good. I'm not tired of the damn Punisher. <laughs> Moving on to DC, who had three. Count them. Three great big announcements, starting with... Now, hold on. (laughs) Neil Gaiman returning to Vertigo to write the original Sandman miniseries set prior to the events of Sandman number one. The series will be published sometime in 2013 with art by none other than J.H. Williams III, who I love. Awesome. Love. Awesome. Love. And if there's anybody that should be doing it, it's that guy. I know. Holy crap. This is a huge announcement. Neil Gaiman coming back to do Sandman is a big deal. It is a big deal. And I know he's done it before uh, in in that graphic novel, but this is huge. And there's a lot that we don't know about the time like leading right up to the point in Sandman number one where he gets captured. By the evil guy that's trying to capture death, and he captures Sandman by mistake. Well, and the other thing that this illustrates is Gaiman's relationship with DC getting a lot tighter quite suddenly. They've been pretty buddy-buddy for quite some time, but this is huge. This is really huge. Wouldn't it be something if Neil Gaiman somehow was able to give DC permission to reprint Miracle Man? Suck at Marvel. <laughs> oh, man. Just the Neil Gaiman issues. Oh, Joe Casada would roll over in his grave, <laughs> and he's not even dead. DC had a very special gatecrasher to their Before Watchmen panel. Quentin Tarantino showed up <laughs> and announced... Was he sweaty and disheveled like he always is? <laughs> Quentin Tarantino showed up and announced a very unexpected Django Unchained five-issue miniseries Written by Tarantino himself, set to release, quote, a couple of months before the movie opens. <laughs> this sounds like a crazy, coked-up idea. I, like, like, so, like, they brought him up onto stage during this Watchmen talk, and he rambled for who knows how long, because he's Tarantino. And then he ends by saying, be looking out for Django Unchained in a comic book store and 7-Eleven near you. <laughs> That's where I buy all my comics, actually. 7-Eleven. But I think that is a huge deal. Like, they're basically, he's letting them take his script, his actual complete script, including everything that gets cut out of the movie, and make it into a comic book. Well, he's writing it, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's pretty rad. It I, is pretty rad. If it ever happens, we'll see. Warner Brothers showed a trailer for Zack Snyder's long-awaited and long-delayed Man of Steel, and by all accounts, 
it's pretty awesome. But now here's the thing. I try not to get excited about trailers because well, I, if a trailer is not pretty awesome, that means that the movie is a complete failure. Slight <laughs> correction. I'm not 100% sure it was a trailer or if it was just footage that they spliced together for Comic-Con. I think it was footage. I don't yeah. think it was the trailer because there's still, from what I understand, there's still stuff being like shot in post-production. And it whatnot could be. Because they retooled things. And we don't know if it's retooled for a larger Justice League universe or uh, not. Zack Snyder pretty much hinted that it is being... Go figure. Yeah. I wonder why they're doing that. I can't think of any reason. But yeah, all all the online descriptions that were talking about what was shown and the style of it, it, it sounds amazing and people seemed pretty pleased. I trust Zack Snyder. I think this is probably going to be fun. If they want to retool this into a Justice League thing, I mean, fine. That's I'm okay with it. But well, yeah, I mean, that's what I want. Boy. I want DC to blatantly mimic Marvel. Yeah, please, <laughs> please, please, yes, do what they were doing. My one fear is that Snyder keeps hammering the point. This isn't this isn't no big blue Boy Scout Superman. Yeah, it's like I don't want a Dark Knight version of Superman. I hope he smokes. That would be so <laughs> tough. <laughs> And then over at the New Wave panel, Dan DiDio, while talking about several other new books, such as The Phantom Stranger and Talon, revealed to fans everywhere that, no, you are not getting Stephanie Brown in the pages of Smallville. She's being swapped out for Barbara Gordon. This is just two weeks after the writer of Smallville, Brian Q. Miller, who also wrote Stephanie as Batgirl, told us that Stephanie was going to show up in the pages of Smallville. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Is George Perez right when he is this further evidence of changes that creators don't even know anything about? Well, I don't know if... Do you want me to believe that Miller didn't get the memo? <laughs> I'm saying... No, I'm saying the decision was made last minute, but... Why? That's my question. Why? Like, seriously. Because Barbara Gordon is more well-known. Who cares? It's Smallville. You could do whatever you want What do you in mean, Smallville. who cares? Millions of people like Smallville. But what I'm saying is Smallville is a place where you can do whatever you want. It's totally separate, you know? I mean, like, do anything you want there. Build up Stephanie there. Give her a name there. I'm not saying I like I'm it. I'm starting to feel for these poor jerks that were mailing in waffles to the D.C. offices, <laughs> man. And I barely care about Stephanie Brown. I don't necessarily think, though, that this is indicative of the New 52 creator editorial controversies but yeah it's still it's pretty still, silly it says something about dc editorial they're not afraid to just come in and go nope we're not doing that we're doing this instead yeah but i mean like who do you think edits this freaking smallville comic i don't think dan didio gives a crap well apparently he does he's making the announcements and somebody changed it but no i think it was in response to a question from a fan moving finally to marvel we've got a series of announcements all of them very, very, very closely tied to books that are already coming out. We've got Jeff Parker's Hulk series becoming Red She-Hulk with issue number 58. God, who cares? With art by Carlo Pagulli. And is it going to be called Red She-Hulk? I think it is. That is such a dumb name. Yeah. Just call it She-Hulk and tell us Jen never existed or she shot herself or whatever. I mean, come on. It's just stupid. Yeah, I agree. I And I love Carlo Pagulayen. I love that guy. But this is just such a waste. Where's Jen Walters? Give me a book starring Jen Walters. Jen Walters does not sell comic books, my I don't care. Oh, but, but Betty does? I'm here to tell you neither does uh, the Jeff Parker's Hulk, unfortunately. Yeah, but. and this is not going to save anything. Moving right along and playing off his 15-second appearance in the end of the Avengers movie... 
Thanos, Son of Titan by Glory Rider Joe Keating. I think it's just Keating. I'm going to go J. Keating. Okay. Coming in October, The Origin of Thanos. Haven't we already seen The Origin of Thanos? You know what? I don't know that we have. I thought we had. I thought Jim Starlin gave us some. I'm sure that he did, but basically this series is how Thanos became the man we know him to be today. Jim Starlin, who was a little bummed out that not only did he not get invited to the red carpet of Avengers, <laughs> he just had to buy a ticket and saw the end and went, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> there will be a mystery ongoing series coming soon that'll feature characters from the Brian K. Period Vaughn's popular Runaway series. More will be announced in September. Why even announce it? Yeah. And oh, it's because somebody asked, hey, what about the Runaways? Does Brian K. Vaughn, Brian, pardon me, Brian K. Period Vaughn have anything to do with it? Of course not. Uh, probably not. Ultimate Comics Iron Man miniseries is coming in October from Nathan Edmondson and artist Matteo Buffagni, right? <laughs> The series will feature. I the, bet that's exactly how you pronounce it. The series will feature the debut of the ultimate version of the Mandarin. I like the Nathan Edmondson choice here. You bet. I think he's going to be great on this. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Get ready for the Avengers versus X Men spinoff train coming in October. A Babies versus X Babies oh, one God. shot by Scotty Young and Guri Hiru. I'm glad you said that. Guri Hiru, uh, best known for doing all those Power Pack comics that were all ages from like the last ten years. Okay. This is based on the adorable, and it is adorable, Avix variant that Scotty Young did for Midtown Comics. If this is a comic book per- based solely on the popularity of a variant cover... That speaks volumes. What the hell? <laughs> I, I mean, I bet it'll still be fun, but come on, man. Uh, I'm going to pass. Marvel TV confirmed that the upcoming Avengers Assemble cartoon will serve as a continuation of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, not... A replacement, which is good yeah. because they're on to a really good thing. And as a whole, Marvel cartoons, nowhere near as cool as DC cartoons. It's true. It's true. And they, they need to not like ruin a good thing. Yeah. I mean, like I was all pumped up for Ultimate Spider-Man. It is not the show that I wanted it it's to be. It's not made for you. At all. It's no, not made it's for not. You. It's made for hyperactive teenage girls, I think. <laughs> Marvel Studios unveiled Tony Stark's new armor for Iron Man 3 and man! It has got a lot of gold. It on is it. really, really, really gold. It it looks like West Coast Avengers, the brown armor, which you're <laughs> saying not, is red. It was not I'm brown. I'm looking at it. It sure looks brown to me. Look at any of those West Coast Avengers comics, and highlights. it is bright red. Whatever. I think this looks cool. Now they they're calling it the extremist armor. Well, does that mean in the movie he's gonna put a shot in his arm and like it's the, gonna come out of his bones like the Warren Ellis story? It's and, very strongly if if it hasn't been outright confirmed, it's very strongly rumored that Iron Man three will deal with something similar to extremists, well, where he's controlling the armor with his mind. Yeah, they called it the extremist armor. They said Iron Tony Stark's extremist armor. Well, there you go then. I don't know. Marvel also confirmed that the Mandarin will be your bad guy in the upcoming Iron Man 3, and he will be played by famous Asian actor <laughs> Ben Kingsley. Uh, yeah, they the, <laughs> Because everyone from a foreign country is British. Oh, stop <laughs> it. The panel audience was shown images of Kingsley in full costume, including all of the magic rings. I mean, Pretty it's cool. cool. I like Ben Kingsley. He's a good actor, but come on. There's nobody Asian you could bring to the table. I mean, well, they were all busy doing something that day. Come on. The Mandarin. His name is the Mandarin. I'm just going to let you ramble. Like Mandarin China. You know what I mean? Come like on. Like Mandarin oranges. <laughs> 
Marvel Studios also confirmed the Guardians of the Galaxy for a 2014 release. Ken Watanabe! Along with some amazing concept art. And it's like the full team, man. It's Groot, it's Rocket Raccoon, Drax, Gamora, and Star-Lord. Yeah. Rad. This is the no f***ing around Guardians I of the Galaxy. I can't wait. <laughs> I was really hoping for the shark skin guy with the, you know, the flat Fla- top. That's the old the, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like, the dude with the shark fin. That's Yondu. <laughs> yeah. Yondu with the, uh, with the big red fin. <laughs> uh, also, Thor 2 and Captain America 2 get new names. Thor, the Dark World, and... Ooh, brace for impact. Whoa. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. The best part of this is they didn't tell they didn't. Ed Brubaker. I know. <laughs> he was he like saw the news and went, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. I awesome. wonder if he'll be invited to the red carpet. Who knows? But wow. Wow, wow, wow. You're going to do a Bucky story in the present with Bucky running around as like a super soldier just as badass as Cap? Oh, that is cool. I am excited for it. Thor, the Dark World. Speculate. What does it mean? I don't know. I don't either. Surtur? Maybe. N- uh, like, Hella? Surtur f- was like from the dark, or uh, like fiery hell dimension or uh, something. Yeah, but I mean like, that sounds like a pretty dark, scary place to me. Is this Hella? Is it Hell? With one know. L? H-E-L? I don't know. I don't either. Can't wait. Wackiness. In other movie news, Edgar Wright's Ant-Man was finally confirmed, question mark, but no release info was given. No. They showed the test footage. They didn't say if this is coming for a part in There's a logo film. even? Is this a new Ant-Man movie? Is it part of Avengers 2? We don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But there it is. Something's happening. It's got a logo. That means it's real. Uh, Yeah, it definitely means it's absolutely definitely going to happen because there's a logo. And finally, from Marvel, lots of AVX spinoffs on the way. Not just the A-Babies one, which was kind of a joke. Avengers vs. X-Men Consequences by Kieran Gillen which looks like it'll deal with the fallout of the major character death. Yeah, there's a taped-out body, like, on the front. And we know it's not Thor, Hulk, Wolverine. Thing, thing. It was Thor, the Thing, Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. And I think I thought there was a Hulk foot there, too. But regardless. It was Rocky. They're not going to kill the Hulk. Nah. We'll also be getting Avengers Plus X-Men by Jeff Loeb, Dan Slott, Dale Keown, and Ron Garney. I'm glad Dan Slott is there to balance out Jeff Loeb's wackiness. (laughs) This, to me, sounds like it will be how the Avengers and the X-Men kind of make up and become best buds again after the yeah. big fight. This will be the lead-in where Havoc shows up and be like, hey, I blew my brother's head off to show you guys <laughs> that I want to bring the X-Men back together. I don't buy it. Cyclops is not dying. I don't buy it. I'm calling my shot. <laughs> Taped off body, Cyclops. Dead man. And there will also be- Or hope. And who cares if it's her? Who co- Who cares? And there will also be a Marvel Now point one featuring five new stories- and the new Nick Fury. Yeah, that was. Ugh, I was so thrilled to see that image. Black Nick Fury with the eye patch. Ugh, dumb. Maybe they're going to kill Nick Fury. Why do you hate black people? Maybe they're going to kill Nick Fury. Maybe that's the taped off body. Nick Fury has not been in this series at all, not for a single second. Maybe he pops up, does something huge and heroic, saves everybody, and says, Why are y'all fighting? You got to come together. And I'm going to push Ooh. the ultimate nullifier button and kill Cyclops. And then I'm going to die. Ugh. Son, you carry on without me. <laughs> and do me a favor and look just like Samuel Jackson so no one gets confused. Ugh, you know? Dear Marvel. And then he drops dead. I've got your new writer for next year's event. That's right. Chokasada. Fired. I'm coming aboard. <laughs> that 
is your gigantic list. I'm so tired. Of Comic-Con news. Of course. There was a ton of other stories out there that we didn't touch on. And if you want to discuss any of them, hit us up on our Facebook page where we will be rambling about the ramifications of all this and more coming out of Comic-Con probably until right about next year. We didn't have much time for anything else this week, but luckily our famous ludicrous speed round happened so fast, it can only be measured in hypertime, which as you may or may not recall, hypertime was the term used to explain how Superman once forced Jimmy to marry a female King Kong, and then went on to later meet the Thundercats and the Looney Tunes, and all of these stories fit into official DC canon. It just makes sense. Which perhaps makes hypertime a bad way to measure speed, but hey, it's funny. And so is the goddamn ludicrous speed round. Ludicrous speed! Hoax Hunters, number one from Image. There was like a weird gap in between zero and number one for some reason, and I remember the art being better before. I remember it being way better. It looked mm. kind of cartoony and not great. This here. is like a, a team of people that try to disprove ho- or cover up hoaxes under the guise of a No, they don't cover ghost. up hoaxes. They cover they, up reality. They cover up reality under the guise of a, a Ghost Hunters TV-style st- show. Right. It's just okay. Eh, skim it. I'm skimming this one, too, and I loved the Zero issue. Yeah. I don't know. Avenging Spider-Man, number nine from Marvel. This is a fun issue. It was written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, who's going to be writing the new Captain Marvel series, which is Miss Marvel's new outfit, persona, whatever you want to call it. This is her fifth change of costume, I think. Uh, and it was fun. But I really think Captain Marvel, number one, should have come out first. So you could ease us into this or new character a little bit. Or at least in the same week. Yeah. Like, kind of a shock to the system here. That said, great art by Terry Dodson. Really fun stuff here. Buy this. Punk Rock Jesus, number one, from Vertigo, slash DC. Uh, this one was written and drawn by Sean Murphy, and it was gorgeous to look at. And he's a not bad writer, either. Double threat. Yeah. Sean Murphy, double uh, threat. This is the story of America in the future, and a corporation has got the rights somehow, because rights are involved, to clone Jesus and put him in a reality show about his life like the Truman Show. Wow. <laughs> um, it's very strange, but I'm kind of hooked. It was really good. And I have not I'm, read it yet. I'm really pleased to see Sean Murphy can write as well as draw. Love that guy. Buy it. Love it. Bloodshot, number one from Valiant. Uh, Dwayne Swierzynski is writing this one. It is absolutely brutal. It's totally fun, too. It's everything we thought we know about the character gets totally screwed up about, like, page six. I'm not going to go into the twist, but it's a really cool it one. It's so violent. He may or may not even actually exist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he exists. No, I mean in the sense that he could just be a swarm of nanobots that are pretending to be a oh, human. Oh, right. This is super fun stuff. Valiant knocking him dead here. Loved it. Buy this. New Avengers number 28 from Marvel. I know that we've had our problems with Bendis in the past, but I have really been loving his Avengers vs. X-Men times. back in love with Brian Michael Bendis. I never I never stopped loving him. I was just getting kind of tired oh, of him. Please. But this is like a great one-shot issue about the uh, Avengers being trapped in the brig on Utopia, and it's just brutal. I loved it. Mike Diodato, yeah. But still, yeah. buy it. Battle Beasts, number one from IDW. I loved Battle Beasts when I was a kid. They were the collectible little figures. They were like anthropomorphic animals that had like fire, water, earth, and air symbols, I think, on their... No, fire, water, wood, and rock. <laughs> so like, yeah, stone symbols on their chest. They didn't have powers like that or anything. They were just kind of in gangs. <laughs> and, they, and they fought each other. And it was awesome. And you know what? 
comic was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. They had fire patches sewn on their jean jackets. Bobby Kernow had the amazing job of making this readable, and he did a really good job. Daniel Brereton, excellent cover. Artist Valerio Shitty, who spells his name S-C-H-I-T-I. Um, Shitty. Calling it Shitty. <laughs> his art was actually really good. This is a fun read. I wish he would have stayed a little more on the Battle Beast planet. They kind of brought it into modern day on Earth. Regardless, I'm in, man. Pick this one up. Buy it. Walking Dead, number 100 from Image. Uh, for a 100 issue, it, it was really good. When Rick slips, hits his head on the toilet, and dies, <laughs> I did not see that coming, man. When Rick, cra- Rick craps himself to death. <laughs> this was a good issue. For a number 100, though, I felt like maybe it should have been bigger. I don't know. But then, on the other hand, I don't want a gratuitous death or gratuitous right. violence just, just for, for the sake of the number. He's telling the story. But here. the way they hyped it, though, I was really waiting for something more than what we got. Still, I loved it. Uh, there is one scene of intense violence that I found really disturbing, which really speaks to Kirkman and Adler as a creative team. I liked it a lot. I'm giving this a buy it. I will say $9.99 for a Chromium cover with nothing extra in it is completely gratuitous. Well, then don't buy the Chromium cover, buddy. That's just lame, man. The Lone Ranger, Snake of Iron, number one from Dynamite. This is Chuck Dixon riding the Lone Ranger, and it was really fun. I like this a lot. Chuck Dixon writes good westerns. He's got a real solid appreciation of the character. Artist Esteve pulls is real solid here. This was good stuff. Dynamite's been doing a great job with the Lone Ranger. It's a lot better than the other Lone Ranger series that Andy Parks is doing. Pick this one up. Buy it. Sorry, Andy. You're a super nice guy. True Secret Agent Poyo, one shot from Image. This is, uh, as you might imagine, a spinoff of Chew, and it is insane. It's insane. They spelled Poyo wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's like, it is Poyo. It's kind of like the origin of Poyo. And him Poyo on a, a solo chicken, adventure. By the way. Poyo is a chicken, a, a cybernetic, cybernetic chicken. chicken. And this is the regular creative team of John Lehman and Rob Guillory going crazy as usual. I'm saying even if you haven't read Chew, you could possibly enjoy this issue. I'm there's nothing in it that ruins Chew. You don't need to know anything jumping into it. I'm giving it a buy it. The Crow number one from IDW. You know what? I don't think I like the Crow. I read you know what? I full admittance, I don't even like James O'Barr's The Crow. I read it back in the day, never did anything for me. This one also does nothing for me. This is The Crow in Japan. The art is not very solid, and I don't like picking on people because I'm not an artist, but there's some really bad panels going on here. Like, so much so that certain characters pop in and out, and I don't even recognize them anymore. This is the story of an American student in Japan that falls in love with a Japanese girl. Her father is teaching him how to fight with samurai swords for some reason. They keep doing this really annoying thing where they drop words, like Japanese words, into English dialogue, such as, already engaged, bah, she is a smart girl. She will mezamaru. And then American guy goes, she doesn't need to, quote, wake up, sensei. She's not asleep. Ugh. This was bad. Leave it. Bonus round. Revival. Number one from Image. Regular listeners will remember that I am not Tim Seeley's biggest fan, but Mike Norton drew this, and I really love him, so I picked it up. Battle Pug creator Mike Norton. Check it out. I legitimately loved it. It is like a zombie book, but not really. It's about a small town in Wisconsin where the dead rose from the grave. For one day and only in that one place. But they're also like fully functioning. Yeah, they're not right? like roamers. Yeah, they're, they're not, not eating mindless folks. zombies. But they're also not quite right, and that's the plot. And I really love this book. Great art, great coloring. Give this a try. Buy it. It was really great. Good job, Tim Seeley. 
Batman number 11 from DC. This is Scott Snyder's huge conclusion to the Quarter Isle storyline where we see Batman squaring off with his brother, question mark? And Snyder does a really good job leaving it open for interpretation. Could be a lie, might not be. And I think that's a fun way to throw this character in without forcing that he really did have a brother or he really didn't. That said, there was some silliness here when they went up no into way. the air I and loved fought it. on a jet engine. You're wrong. Batman is not superhumanly strong and somehow he is holding on to a jet engine yes. that's flying through the air but and able to pull himself out of it, they climb onto the wing, leaps off, swings into a building He doesn't leap that off, his he falls brother off. just happens to be in waiting for him. There was some silliness there. You're it, wrong. It You're absolutely wrong. out of control. Batman suit's full of circuitry that get that it like, got out of control, almost off the rails. He stuff. even said the suit is dead in yeah, one Yeah, and panel. that's why he fell off the plane. Meh. There was some silliness there, but it ended very uh, well. You're wrong. I'm looking forward to see what comes next. Still giving it a huge bite on the strength of you the wonderful coward. epilogue that was written here. There was some silliness. Batman and Robin number 11 from DC. Uh, another great issue by Tomasi and Pat Gleason. I love, like, the rogues gallery of people that Batman just completely over. One guy's got a batarang in his head. Yeah, that was kind of fun. One guy's got a boot in his face. <laughs> I, like, I love him. And they're going around branding people with uh, bat symbols. It's a lot of fun. The main villain is a little silly. He's, like, melting or something. But still, I loved it. And I'm giving this a huge buy it. I love Batman and Robin. Defenders number eight from Marvel. This is more Iron Fist fun for those of you who are missing out on the Iron Fist adventures that Ed Brubaker gave us. I love this book, but there was a huge art change here. We went from Terry Dodson to Jamie McElvey. Is that Jamie McElvey? He's the new regular artist. Which it's still good, but he's no Terry Dodson. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I love Jamie McElvey. It's still good. It was just kind of a sudden art change for me. I'm still loving this book. Everyone should be reading it. It does not sell as well as it should. Buy this. Kroosh! That is your ludicrous speed round, and Kroosh is the sound it makes when the new and improved Captain Marvel hits a guy in exo armor that apparently works for a bank and has a license to kill. <laughs> yeah, that about sums it up. <laughs> As seen in this week's Avenging Spider-Man, number nine. We have a little time left, so guess what? You get to join us in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where Joe and I are recovering after an extended tantric sex marathon with Suki Stackhouse and Bella What's-Her-Face from the Twilight movies, during which the supernatural energies of Suki's ESP and Bella's vampiric whining and bad acting revealed to us the secrets of next week's comics. Joe, for God's sake, put on some pants and tell these kids what you'll be reading next week. My pick for next week is BPRD Hell on Earth, The Devil's Engine number 3 from Dark Horse Comics. I very recently got caught up on the last year's worth of BPRD, and I am really fired up for more. I am loving it. I can't remember the creators of this particular one, so it doesn't matter. Matt. (laughs) Matt. Get your hands off of Bella and tell me what you're reading. Oh, she was a bad man. I couldn't wait to get rid of her. What a drip. I'll tell you what. Suki, huh? Spitfire, that one. Captain Marvel, number one from Marvel. Of course, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, who reinvents Carol Danvers for possibly the fifth time. Let's just go through it. 
we started off Miss Marvel. We moved on to Binary. From there, Warbird. Back to Miss Marvel. And now, Captain Marvel. That's five. Five times. There it is. <laughs> five times. This time she's ditching the Miss Marvel outfit for a new snazzy red and blue outfit drawn by Ed McGinnis, who's also giving her this weird kind of conch shell hair thing. I think it's just her hair. Her it's hair, blowing around. Her yeah. hair is like up in a bun or whatever. I think this is going to be a ton of fun. Kelly Sue is up and coming, and she's been fantastic so far. Can't wait for this one. Of course, we want to know what you nerds are reading, so get on Twitter, get on Facebook, or hey, shoot us an email and let us know. Hey. Shoot us an email. Nobody emails us. Come on. We get all this stuff from like Image and Marvel, like all these press words, but nobody emails us. We get emails. Sort of of break it it down like this. And that is it for the second annual San Diego Comic-Con recap show. Next year, we are going to be there, suckers. I'm calling our shot right now. We're not. Comic-Con tickets are already sold out for 2013. Ah, BS. We're getting in. You know why? Because press passes aren't sold out. That's right, buddy. If you, too, think Suki Stackhouse is way sexier than Bella, even with the really bad fake Southern accent, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes, where your star ratings and short reviews could help us get onto the iTunes Top 10. And it's been a little while since anyone has written us a review. So, hey, come on, dudes. They really do help. Don't listen to him. He doesn't pay any attention to that. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate it, too. Just we got a review not that long ago. Been a little bit. I'm not saying there couldn't be more. I want six a week. That's all I'm asking. Six a week. That's all six we're asking a week. for. Huge thanks to this week's donors, Sam and Steve. And if you'd like to hear your name on the show and help us start saving for plane tickets for next year's convention season, yeah, buddies. you can make your donation in any amount by clicking our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed and our email, TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com, where you can send us your love slash hate mail or the comic that you would like to have us review and... You can keep your THN mascot art coming. There's been a flood recently as part of the THN mascot contest. Two in three weeks. This week, Nathan Bradford sent us an entry inspired by the movie The Thing with Two Heads, which is a film about an experiment wherein a white bigot's head was attached to a cool soul brother's body. And as we all know, Joe Patrick is a racist in this group, and I'm a black man. Next week, we're back to our regular scheduled programming where we'll be taking a long, hard, throbbing look. At Batman, Earth One, in our Take a Look, It's in a Book segment. And remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the Question of the Week discussion. Last night, I posted the question, considering the announcements so far, who do you think is, quote, winning the convention? And here's what you guys are saying. Slurmo tweets at us. (laughs) Nice name, Slurmo. (laughs) Sandman is hard to beat, but a 215 Inc., Getting Jim Starlin is awesome because they are so small, yet an amazing comic company. I'm not real familiar with 215 Inc. I know we get emails from them, and uh, I'm aware of their releases. I can't say I can't summon anything that I've read off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, it's true. I think and I have. I feel bad for it. It's just hard to keep up. But yeah, I mean, if they hooked a big name like Jim Starlin, yeah, that man. is awesome for them. That's cool. Good for Jim too. Uh, our buddy Dave Golbitz said big winners so far are DC for the new Sandman series and Image Comics for every book that was announced. And I have to agree. Totally agree. Uh, my wife, Michelle, says, hey, please talk about all the Glee news that was revealed at Comic-Con. There was Glee news? I think what she's referring to specifically is the uh, Archie meeting Glee oh. <laughs> story coming up in Archie. Well, that makes sense because, you know, it's the gayest show on TV. <laughs> I admit, I liked Glee. I'm over it. This last season lost me. I'm way over it. We've got a second 
uh, for Image from Mockingbird. So far, I say Image oh, is winning. Tracy Mock, who Tracy had Mock. a birthday this week. She did. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Tracy. She's 30 years old. She's an old lady. She's an old lady now. <laughs> so far, I say Image is winning with new series by Fraction, Rucka, DeConnick, and Robinson. Over on our Facebook page, Tony Doug Wright says Marvel's winning, but it seems that the contest is who is doing a better job of not drowning. Whoa. That's cynical, Tony. Wow. I expect better Based you. on what? Dr- not drowning. <laughs> what did that mean? And Ben Kingslayer Hafitz. I hope he doesn't sleep with his sister. Great game. <laughs> uh, says Image. They announced like 10 new series, including one by Greg Rucka and Michael Lark. I agree. I think Image won this con. I think if you go straight comic book announcements, Image won. I think if you want to talk about the announcements that everybody was freaking out on, the Captain America, just the title, Winter Soldier, like almost broke Twitter yesterday. It's true. People freaked out about these Marvel movie announcements, and I don't blame them. We all of the Avengers and all these announcements were huge. I'm going to say Image wins the comic book side. Marvel totally won the convention. Uh, <clears throat> With their, they did. They got the most press. They did it, man. They knocked it out of the I'm park. I'm saying Marvel Comics announced a bunch of series that were just spinoffs of AVX. I'm saying on they movie did not do alone. any Marvel Now announcements. I know. I'm, so far, the con's still going as we record this. Right. I'm saying DC got Neil Gaiman to come back and, and a big. comic book from Quentin Tarantino. And that's big. I'm saying Marvel wins on their movie announcements alone. Mm. Pow. Whatever. Smoke it. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Mark Wade, who didn't just win his first Eisner Award this weekend. He won his first three. Oosh! Nicely done, sir. And when you're done at Marvel, please promptly kick the doors in the DC offices and right the ship before the bodies start washing up on the shore. Please, Until please, next Please, Mark time. Wade. True believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd. Wishing we were in San Diego. And signing